doesn't mean God doesn't want to bless you. doesn't mean God doesn't want you to have a lot of things. But those things, they're, they're, that's sort of like gravy. We don't deserve those things. You hear what I'm saying to you? We don't deserve them. There's, it's not automatic that we're going to get them. That's, that's the first thing you can do. Second one is verse 30 when he talks about, Oh, you of little faith. And said, so We do need to have faith in what God says about money. In other words, if the Bible says something like, Give and it will be given unto you, we need to believe those things. That, you know what I'm saying? We need to have faith and trust in God that what He says is the truth. Instead of, well, this is what the financial advisors say the best thing to do with your money. Because most financial advisors would tell you don't do some of the things that the Bible tells you to do. You hear what I'm saying to you? So we need to believe the Bible and believe what God says more than what the world tells you. In fact, we really need to be careful about the worldly advice we get about money. Now, there's some good advice that you could get from the world, you know, just technical advice, but we always, it always needs to come through the filter of the Word. And if it's in opposition to the Word, we shouldn't do it. So the second thing you can do to keep from worrying is just believe God and what God says is the truth about money. And just believe it. I mean, that's what you have to do. And the only way to believe something, you know, is, and have faith in something is faith comes by hearing. is hearing what God has to say on the matter. Finding out what He's got to say about your money. Praying to Him and talking to Him about it. And asking Him to speak to you about it. And whatever He tells you, no matter how ridiculous or how opposite it, it sounds, we need to act on that advice. You hear what I'm saying to you? That's, that'll keep you out of worry. That's, that's what Jesus says. The third one is down here in verse 34. It says, Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for today is its, its own trouble. In other words, there's things that you can't control. We cannot do anything about how the national economy is going to do other than pray for it. I mean, there's really, we, we can't really go out there and manipulate that. We can't go out there and do anything about it. So worrying about that and worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow. Well, you know, I found out, you know, I'm not going to get the raise I was promised or I had to take a cut and pay. What, what am I going to do? You know, how am I going to pay for, for this down the road? How am I going to pay for this next week? See, that's the Lord saying, don't do that. You've got to live in today. That's what He's saying. You've got to live in because every day has its own troubles. And if you can get through each day... That's really what God's saying to you. If you can just get through this day and deal with the issues and problems that you have now, it's going to keep you from worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow or next week or next year. You've got to deal with what's in front of you right now. Now, that doesn't mean you don't invest your money and all that. For, I'm, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking around sitting around fretting about things that may or may not ever happen. You hear what I'm saying to you? I know people that worry about stuff all the time, stuff that never happens. And they spend all this energy and emotional energy and emotional effort thinking about and concerned about some, some event that's going to happen. It never happened. It never happened. So they, they you know, drained themselves over something that never really happened. You hear what I'm saying to you? So what the Lord was saying is don't even think about that stuff. Don't think about it. Deal with what you got today. I don't have enough money to go to lunch today. Deal with that today. Don't worry about your lunch for tomorrow. You know, sufficient is today your issues. Now, that sounds kind of hard to do, but that's what he said, verse 34. The last one, which is the most important one, is verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Now, this is what the Lord was saying. It's a matter of priority. 
that God and His kingdom has to be more important than your money. It really does. As a matter of fact, I'm going to tell you this. You can do all three of those first three and you not worry. You know, you can not talk to, you know, be worried about tomorrow. Just concern yourself with today. You can have some faith. You know, you can have some right expectations. You can be doing those things real well. But if you're not putting God's kingdom first, that's really the real key. That's the most important thing is to put God and His kingdom first ahead of your finances. And there's not really many people who practically do that. There's really not. I mean, I think there's people in this room who think they do, but they really don't. Because if it came down to something that God wanted you to do versus making money or dealing with your money, you would tend to go back to the money thing in a crunch. And see, if you can do that one, if you can do that one and not do very well the other three, you can, you can do that and still have worry in your life. You can do that one, think about tomorrow too much. You can do that one and have some wrong expectations. Like, I really want me a pair of new shoes here. You know, I, even though i got about ten pairs at home. But if you're putting God's, God's kingdom first, you're way ahead of the game. I mean, you are way ahead of the game. Turn over to... Uh, oh, I wanted to say one thing about that verse. Seek first the kingdom of God and search, and all these things shall be what? Everybody say added. Added. The Lord has promised... He would add things to. So you don't have to chase money. Money will chase you. If, I'm, this is serious, if you will put God first in your life, money will follow after you. It will come to you. You don't have to go after money. But if you go after money, guess what it's going to do? Money can outrun you. It's faster than you. You know, it can run a four-minute mile. You can't. So you'll never catch it. And that's why there's people, there's people in this room who have chased money all their life and never got there. You've never got there. But if you'll start chasing after God, you'll turn around and see money's chasing you. And this is really the truth. I can personally testify to this, that I am probably in better shape financially, and I can't tell you what I would be if I was stayed in my other previous career that, made, that I was making at least two times as much as I'm making now, more actually. But I'm doing better. Explain it. This is why you explain it. Money will be added to you. That's what Jesus said. He said, if you chase after money, if you make money your number one priority in your life, if you make put money ahead of God, you will never get money. It will always be just ahead of you. You'll get your hands on it for a moment and it'll, it'll melt in your hands. But He said, if you'll chase me, then money will come after you. God will meet your needs. Now, He may not give you all the things you want, but He's promised you that He would take care of you. He's promised you you'd have food to eat. You may not be eating fillets. You may have to stick with hamburgers for a while. You know? But He's promised you food. And there may come a day in the United States of America where everybody would be glad to get hamburger. You hear what I'm saying? One more Scripture. Are you all with me? This is what the Bible says. I said this. We need to start building, right? Now, this is what I've told you, some practical things we can start doing. Building our finances on the Word of God. These are practical. These are real things. This is what Jesus said. Is that right? 
All right, the last scripture, Colossians 3, and then we're going to end. I just wanted to, and this really is just a, another way of saying what I, that what Jesus just said. Oh, Colossians 3. Verse 5. This is in the middle of not being carnal. <laughs> That's what Paul was talking about. He says, Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth. Fornication. Anybody know what fornication is? Anybody not know what it is? Raise your hand. I'll explain it to you. I'm glad nobody raised their hand. <laughs> Uncleanliness. And that can be lots of things. Passion. And that's talking about bad passion, not good passion towards the Lord. I'm talking about passion for bad stuff. Evil desires and covetedness, which is idolatry. Idolatry is the ultimate offense against God, right? Isn't that the thing that really just cooked him in the Old Testament when people went after other gods? Well, we have an idol. In American culture, money is the primary idol. Is that true? It's true. It's our idol. So when you, make, when you put money first, when you seek money first, when you go after money first, you're making it an idol. An idol is not only something you worship and fear. An idol, listen to this. An idol is something you put your trust in. Okay? And that's the question you had to ask yourself this morning. Are you putting your trust in your job, your profession, your money more than you are God? And if you are, then that thing is an idol. You hear what I'm saying to you? It is an idol. And it is the ultimate offense to God. The ultimate offense to Him is for us to put anything like that. And that's the question we had to answer. And this is the, really the truth. If you read this thing, okay, they're talking about fornication. They're talking about uncleanness. They're talking about passion and evil desires. Things the church will go after you over so hard and rebuke the fire to you. If we catch you in fornication, you, th you don't think you're not going to get addressed over that? You would get addressed real quick in this church and in most churches in this country. If you were into homosexuality and it was, it was discovered by the church, do you think, no, oh, well, he's in homosexuality. Lord bless him. <laughs> no. You would be addressed. You would be challenged by it. So here's this covetousness, which is greed for money. In the same list of those things, which the church will always address, and the church will always go after, and praise God, they will. But yet, the church very seldom addresses People putting money before God. And there's a lot of Christians that have places in their heart when they've got more trust in their money, they've got more trust in, in the economy of this country. And that's why they get so all tore up when things get shook. they got more trust in their investments than they do in God. And this covetous, which is idolatry, which is the ultimate wicked thing. The Bible, I'm going to read this scripture one more time. 1 Timothy 6.10 The love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness. You see what, it, what I'm saying? Some have strayed from their faith because they've made money an idol. They've trusted in money. They've trusted in their job. They've trusted in the economy. They really haven't practically put their trust in God. And they've strayed from the faith. And pierced themselves. Pierced themselves. That's what you're doing. You're piercing yourself through with many sorrows. That is the end of a person who does that. You are piercing yourself with many sorrows. And that's why I'm saying it may not happen in our lifetime. It may not happen now, but there is going to come a day. 
where the economy in this nation is going to fail us. It is going to collapse. There's going to come a day when your job will fail you. Maybe not your job. You may retire of your company, but your child or your grandchildren. And we've put our trust in this American dream thing, which is not God, and built our lives on something that's very much a house of cards and made decisions on a house of cards. And then somebody comes and pla- crashes airplanes into two buildings and 500,000 people less than a month later don't have a job. And a lot more has been affected. There's people in this church have been affected. have gotten pay cuts. There's people in this church have lost their job over this thing. We're going to be affected by those things. But if we'll start building our life on these real, real basic, simple principles. I mean, they're, to me, they're so simple. They're just, it's like, duh, is that it? That's, that's it. Well, it ain't the whole story. There's more. Like I said, there's a whole lot more to it. But those are the foundational things. Those are things you stand on. It's those three things. Number one, it's for you. It's for you. It's to help you. It's to take care of you. Number two, is you have to understand, it's the way you look at money reveals how you look at God. You hear me? That's really, really the truth. That's one of Jesus' principles. And the third thing is God doesn't want us to have to worry about this economy. He really doesn't. So here's what I was saying this morning. I think the Lord wants to heal people of attitudes. You got time for that? Get healed of attitudes about finances? That's one of the things I felt like. In other words, if you're a person, every time they bring up money in the church, you cringe, then you need some healing this morning. You know what I'm saying? Every time the offer is brought, well, they're going to talk about tithing, and you cringe, you need healing. Okay? You need God to heal you of the wounds that have been inflicted upon you by people who have misused, mismanaged, abused money in the church. So anybody who feels that, this is just one of the things, I want you to come up. And don't feel ashamed. I mean, you know, please don't feel ashamed. God wants to heal you. I want you to come up here, and we're going to pray for you. So I want you to come right now while I talk about the next one. The next one is wounds because of... Nobody felt that? Nobody in this room cringes when we talk about money? Just me? I might need to get down here then. Because I have cringed all my life when they brought up money in the church. Because I thought, oh man, here they go. So I'm glad there are a couple of people who feel that way. I'm not by myself. Thank you. All right. There's people in here that's been wounded because of personal misuse of finances. Personal misuse. In other words, you've either just been sloppy as everything with your money and haven't done it the way God wants managed it the way God wants you to manage it and taken care of it the way God wants you to take care of it. Maybe you've put your trust in money. But you're wounded in that area of your life. You may be going bankrupt. You may already be bankrupt. You may be in a disaster financially today. Okay, a total disaster. Don't know, you know, how's this thing going to work out? I want you to, you to come up and stand. There's a few more that's going to buy into that one. But this is good. This is what the Lord wants to do. The Lord wants to help people with their money. Because remember, your money represents your time, your strength, your abilities, and maybe your inheritance. All right, there's people in this room 
who have wounds in their, high, in their life because of a lack of money. You hear what I'm saying to you? A lack of money. In other words, you may have grown up in a household there just weren't no money in the house. And it created things in your heart that hurt you. I'm one of those people. I grew up in a house. We didn't have nothing. They didn't even have indoor plumbing until 10 years after I left my daddy's house. Because we didn't have no money. And it created an attitude and created insecurities in me. I couldn't even bring my friends to my house. Because it was just an old run-down place. And then you compare it to your friend's house who had nice homes. That wounded me. And it put a striving in me about finances that God had to really just break my heart back over and heal me over. You see what I'm saying? So if you, and that's just my personal experience, but if you have wounds in your life about lack of finances, where you feel like you have just been hurt over that area, maybe it's when you grew up, maybe right now, you feel wounded, then I think you need to come up here and ask the Lord to heal you. You hear what I'm saying to you? Now there's the other ones on the opposite end of the end of the spectrum. Because I've always said I'd rather grow up poor and then get something, then grow up instead of growing up rich and have to be poor when I got old because my family had all the money and they didn't give me any. But there's people in here who have wounds because of abundance. They've had an abundance. They maybe not have an abundance now. Or you have an abundance now, but it's, you've been hurt over it. Money's hurt you. You've done some things wrong with your money. You hear what I'm saying to you? And now you have these wounds in your life over money. Maybe some resentments. Well, you know, we had this money. Everything was great. Now I don't have it because of this person. My dad wouldn't share it with me. Or, you know, I didn't get this inheritance that you hold against somebody. You know, or my husband was working. He made all this money. He made some stupid decisions. Now he's making minimal wages. And, and you're messed up. you got wounds in your life about money. Because you had money, now you do not have money. I think the Lord wants to heal you. And the last one that I could think of this morning was debt. Debt. You're wounded in your life over debt. You've got a lot of debt in your life, and you realize, I don't need all this debt. Uh, if you got credit card debt, you're one of them. I hate to tell you. You're one of them. If you have a lot of debt on credit card that you can't have, then you've got some wounds. You're wounded. The Lord wants to heal you. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, get it right and all that. I'm talking about God wants to touch you and heal you. So if you're in debt real bad this morning, beyond in your heart, you know, this is not God. And if I keep going this way, I am going to, my heart is going to sink. And I want you to come up for prayer. For the Lord to heal you. The Lord wants to heal with me? Lord, I believe you want to heal people in the area of finances. Lord, for some of us, it's not an easy answer. Lord, for those who are really in real big debt, Lord, you know, just praying for them this morning, Lord, won't get them out of big debt. Lord, things we've misused, the lack we've had, maybe the abundance we've had. Lord, the abuse that the church has gone through over people raising money with Bad motives or bad technique, Lord, bad style. It's really hurt us, Lord. Made us cringe, Lord. Lord, those are all things that need healing in our lives, Lord. 
Lord, we want to be able to build our financials, our economics on Your Word and what You say and be able to trust You, Lord. Lord, for any people in this room that are trusting those things, trusting their job and trusting the American economy, Lord, they're really into idolatry. I pray You convict them right now in that spirit of that law. Lord, I'm asking You to come right now and heal release financial healing. Lord. We're really coming to you and asking you, Lord. We confess, Lord. We've not always done it right. Lord. Many of us have failed in that area, sinned in that area, Lord, not built our lives on the Word. Lord, we've just not known sometimes. We've made some mistakes, Lord. We've been disobedient. We confess those things. I just really encourage you right now in your heart to confess the Lord any area of disobedience that you have financially. Between you and God, confess confess your sins. Ask the Lord to forgive you. The Lord would heal you. Lord, if there's any people in this room that are in legalism about giving, I just thought about that as I was praying. If you're in bondage about giving financially, I want you to come up and stand also. Because the Lord doesn't want you in bondage. He wants you to be set free financially. Here to give with a cheerful heart, a blessed heart, not feel like you get to give under compulsion. The Lord wants to heal you also. Lord, we ask you to heal us, Lord. Heal the church in America, Lord. Because, Lord, the scripture is clear that you want to bring the wealth of the nations into the church, Lord. And I believe that does not exclude financial finance, it includes finances, although that's not all of it, Lord. I believe there's a financial wealth that you want to bring into the church, the nations, for the church to administrate finances, Lord, for the kingdom of God, for for great things, Lord, that you want to do. Lord, you want to use your people to do that. Lord, if we're wounded and beat up and smashed in that area, Lord, we can't do it. So we're asking the Holy Spirit to come and heal us today. Come and touch us financially. what would happen financially in this world, Lord, that we would build our lives on you, God, on your principles, Lord, so when the storm comes, which it will come, the rains come and beat against us, Lord, we would be left standing when everything was said and done because we were standing on you, Lord. Lord, we ask you to release that in each person's heart this morning, each person that's standing here. Lay hands on these guys. Come on up here, minister team. Maybe we're not standing up here. Just, just touch people. Just come up here and touch them and bless them and pray for them and ask the Lord Jesus to, to heal their finances. And I want to remind you, healing your finances is like healing of your very self, healing your time, healing your strength, healing your ability, and maybe healing your inheritance. So just come out here and lay hands on folks. Ask the Lord to really help them and bless them financially. Lord, we want to commit ourselves to building on your principles, on the Word of God. Just bless these people, Father, in Jesus' name. Heal their finances, Lord. Heal their finances, Lord. This is an important area. This day and age, Lord, financial things are being attacked all around us. Lord, we ask for him.
right now. Mercy, God. We cry to you for mercy. Lord, for those who've blown it completely financially, I pray you'd rain mercy down on them right now. That they would receive mercy in the area of finances. You would give them windows of opportunity to repent. You would give them opportunity, windows of opportunity to change how they handle their money. Lord, and you would bring godly counsel into their lives. Practical things financially. Destroy the yoke of poverty. Veronica. Heal. Heal the Crohn's finances. Continue praying. Stay here and pray. Do you feel like you've made a breakthrough?